Hello everyone, this is Mark Guy with another another episode of speakbrave.co. Another episode. Well, sure, it's an episode. It's another installment in a series that we talk about how to live your best life, how to become your best person that you are. It goes through self-mastery, knowing who you are, also learning, understanding, dissecting, and exposing yourself to the best practices from the best performance in the world, whether it's in public speaking, whether it's in business, mm -hmm. it's in arts, design, business, this is what it's about. We are a community of learners, people who are not satisfied with where they are, but they want to go somewhere higher. And that starts with learning. It starts with intention. I'm here today with my excellent, good friend, John. And I, John Morrow, who am here with my very good friend, Mark Guy. And I'm here just as I think you are for the same reason, because we are seekers of excellence. We are seekers of knowledge. I learned a definition this week, Mark, and it was from a reading that I actually was doing from Malcolm Gladwell. And Malcolm said that philosophy actually, if you break it down to its simplest two Greek root words, is the love of knowledge. The love of knowledge. And it occurred to me, I've always thought of philosophy in religious terms and in high ethereal cosmic terms. and Yeah, just, you know, I thought philosophers were weird and strange. No, philosophers actually try to open the window of the mind to receive more, to be better, and to be greater. And so this today for me, as a lover of knowledge and a person seeking to be better, is an exciting subject. Because I believe, yes, this type of thinking, I think, has several components. I'm glad you brought up philosophy that it can be rooted, or it can be teased apart as a lot of knowledge. But I also want to bring this out, uh, John, that love of knowledge does not or will not always bring you results. I think I'm of the perspective that, okay, yes, love knowledge, I'm gonna go grab it, I'm gonna chase it, I'm gonna grab it and work with it, but also you have to do something with it. Hmm. You cannot just uh, have a reservoir where you take the knowledge, take the knowledge, and do nothing with it. Look out to people who are stepping outside of themselves. They take the knowledge and they share it with the world. Hmm. What I'm yes. talking about, the risk-takers, explorers, people who can help in their community. Like I met someone, uh, a young woman, who actually volunteers to read to elementary and middle school students and tutor them in reading in a proficient way. So now she has the knowledge, she has the experience of education, but what she chooses to do with it it is she gives back to her community. And that's an inspiration to me. You don't have to be an explorer just like somebody who is trying to trace the origin of Congo River Nile, just like Henry Morton Stanley was, for example. Yep. We talked about him. Uh, but you can make a difference where you are. Mm -hmm. You can contribute with the information you have. So yes, love of knowledge is one component. It is in integral, but I don't think it's everything. It's also what you do with it, what you give. I believe we talk about this all the time, John. 
What is your purpose in life? Where are you going? Why are you going there? Who is going with you? What are you going to find there? Are you going to keep going once you reach it? What are you going to do afterwards? And who are you going to share it with? That's right. That's right. Today, I want to talk to you about something that just came up a few days ago. A friend asked me, Mark, what is the most important thing in public speaking? Or in connecting? Or sharing your message? So what do you think I, I said, John? I think probably at first you were thoughtful because you that's not a question that I could answer immediately. Let's get back to the why. Why do you do what you do? The why of why we do what we do, especially public speaking being an area that you and I both have a strong you know love for, but at the same time we know it's important. I'll tell you what I think it has become for me, but I don't know that this was necessarily your answer. And I may be benefiting benefiting from a little preparation. Let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's, Commun- let's for me, communications is making a connection with the listener to the point that the listener would actually either take action, change their way of thinking... Or be willing at least to consider thinking things from a different perspective because of what you shed in the life that you were trying to give them. Okay. I believe what you just said is one of those universal truths. And it applies in public speaking specifically. As a public speaker, you are. You are a public speaker. Mm -hmm. You talk about your journey. You talk about uh, your keynotes and... uh, the way you share your message about, I never noticed. And I do recommend everyone check out uh, John's podcast, I Never Noticed, John Morrow DTM, where he talks at length about his journey and, and his family and Thank caregivers. Um, it's, it's excellent. It's excellent. Of course, I'm part of it as well, but it's excellent. You are part of that journey. What I want to mention is that as a public speaker, you are a leader. You Mm -hmm. don't need anyone's permission to be a leader. You can just step up. Yeah. Stand up and deliver. Step up, stand up, speak up. That's right. You can do that. You don't need anyone's permission to be a leader. If you want to be a leader, lead. However, I will, I'm not going to qualify and say, okay, well, not everyone has the skills to be a leader. Yeah. That's, that, that is true, and that is valid. But I say you learn on the job. You do. You it's learn on the job. You don't stop. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you go out and you lead. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, do not be content with sitting still. Be content with staying active, and that active includes always seek to grow your mind. Okay. Always seek to build your life. And what I want to... I agree with that. So as a leader in public speaking... You don't need anyone's permission. You can get up on the stage that you make, whether it's podcasting, mm-hmm. whether it's writing, whether you educating and sharing your message at high schools, colleges, mm-hmm. universities, uh, corporations, m- medical facilities. As a leader, you have a responsibility. And you have a promise. So let's break it up into okay. responsibility. Responsibility is that you want to bring forth a new way of thinking that's one or a new way of thinking about something that a problem already exists you can be original completely if you can 
great. Keep going, keep pushing, and I want to be inspired by you. But also, you bring a new perspective on the old problem. So as a leader, you have a responsibility to do that. Create, create in a skillful way, but you also have a promise. And a promise is that at the end of your presentation, at the end of your speech, at the end of your time on stage, whatever it is, mm -hmm. wherever you are, you have a promise that because of your preparation, because of your thoughtfulness and your skill, you will affect the audience to think differently, just like you said. So it's responsibility and, a promise. and promise. Yes, yes. Uh, and as a leader, you have a responsibility to give us useful information. Yes. You don't want, because when people come and listen to you, they give you time of their life, which will they, I don't want to repeat this, but they'll never get back. Whether you talk for seven minutes, two minutes, one hour. And now imagine everyone in the audience multiply that one hour by number of people in the audience. So you just had a responsibility to contribute to 500 hours hmm. at the at that time that you have you it's it's a responsibility and not to be taken lightly not to be overwhelmed with it but it is a responsibility to bring forth thoughtful clear compelling message and a promise to change your way of thinking because of your skill let me tell you this uh, this is just something that popped into my mind as you were talking about that ever gone to a restaurant and you ordered something to eat yes. based upon the way it was described in the menu. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ingredients and the general primary components of it, it didn't say everything about all the seasonings, but it pretty well gave you a good idea of how it was going to be prepared, what it would probably look like, and you could imagine in your mind, based upon your eating experiences, what it might taste like. That's right. And then it comes to your table, and they set it down in front of you, and you take your first bite of it, and you go, this does not taste at all what I thought it would be. Okay. And you're either pleasantly surprised or you're very disappointed. Now, it's an interesting thing about the responsibility because there is a promise, as you said. But I see the promise also in if your responsibility is to deliver this specific piece of information and give it to the listener in such a way that they will truly embrace it enough to either take action on it, consider changing the way they do things, or at least ruminate on it and begin to think maybe there is more than one way to get it done. To me, that's a great responsibility because I wouldn't want you to think that you would package yourself in such a way that when people see you and hear you, they walk away and say, this is not at all what I expected, and they wind up being disappointed. It is true. I, I want to make sure that I'm clear. Uh, I, I'm glad that you brought this up. Um, as someone, uh, any speaker, aspiring speaker, the one who speaks for a living, the one who has a message to share, we have to be careful. We cannot, I believe, we cannot be responsible for the way how people will react to your message. You have to have an emotional truth 
that happened to you, let's say from experience or from something that happened in the event in your life, you have a responsibility to present an emotional truth. Something that is true to you, authentic and valid to you. As a speaker, you have skills, you have platform skills, you have uh, mechanics, mm -hmm. dynamics of right, speaking, right. and that helps audience to receive your message in a good way, Re receive your message uh, fully. But I also just want to make sure that I'm clear, and tell me if you disagree with this, you are not responsible how, well, this is a kind of a very dangerous thought, but you, you cannot be responsible how people will react. You are responsible to bring forth your ideas that you have tested, that you have thought, and you have, I mean, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, you're talking about being true to yourself, yeah. and I think that's correct, and that's right, and that's what we all should do. I guess what I want to draw to is this. Recently, Mark, I've had the opportunity to hear you engaging in some new speech craft that you're working on as part of a presentation that may be a competitive speech on a fairly large stage. And one of the things that has always been a very, very positive and solid part about your preparation is that you don't just practice your speeches, but you also study and reflect and seek feedback on your messaging. And sometimes that messaging that you get in feedback from other people may come across as that didn't quite leave the right taste in my mouth. Or why would you want to talk about that? I don't really know that that is the direction that you want to go. But you see, a lot of people will change what they're doing because they are influenced by these good-intentioned but nonetheless negative people. How do you take something like that when you have something you're sold into, you bought into, it is at the core of what you believe and you want to give it, but how do you deal with that negative feedback and turn it into something good. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up, John. There's several things I can unfold to answer this question. Very first, very important to start off with, everything that somebody says to me and something they want to share, it's a reflection of their own reality. Good point. It is the reflection of the perception they see the world. I hope you people are taking notes on this. Write down number one. What they're receiving is a reflection of their reality. It's the perception how they interact with the world, how they see the world, how they see themselves in mm -hmm. the world, their own contribution, and their own journey. I recognize that. Okay. So I hear the information. I want to engage with people. I want to engage with my audience. But I know. I know this. I've seen this. It is the way I am, and I know I can, well, I've seen it. It's, it's your perception of reality, and everything that comes out of your mouth, and everything, and I, don't, I cannot get in somebody's head, but everything that comes out of your mouth is a re reflection of their reality. I accept that, I move on. Second, as someone who's passionate about a topic, you, you, you bring that special dimension 
to your presentation because it's your journey it's your experience and yes you want to connect with the audience and in order to be a master of your craft you you test and you tweak you test and you tweak you test and you tweak you want to make sure that your message is clear you make sure make sure your message is credible it's compelling third I want to say is that in a book that I read a few months ago by Carmine Gallo the title is talk like Ted he talks about t Ted talks yes and he uses analysis and anecdotal evidence and preparation techniques and journaling of various influential TED speakers. And I'm sure people have heard about TED Talks, mm -hmm. TED.com. One of the examples he uses was of Amanda, Amanda Palmer. Amanda Palmer. I don't know if you know who that is. No, She's a, a musician, okay. performer, and a speaker, author, blogger. In preparation for her speech and a TED talk that she was preparing to deliver to the audience, she has conducted several review sessions where she invited people from different walks of life, attorneys, professors, yoga instructor, psychology professor, people who, different walks of life who have different perspectives. The key here is why? Why are you bringing all these people to refine your message? Because in the words of the author, and I agree with it 100%, creativity thrives in diversity. You as a speaker are a leader. You are a leader. You lead yourself first, then you lead others. You know your message. You're strong in your message. At the same time, you open up. You become vulnerable. You open up and you seek feedback from your audience. Oh, you seek wow. feedback from other people. But you are the leader. You are the captain of your ship. You're the pilot of your plane. That is speech. You want to take off well. You want to be in the air well. And you want to land your speech well. And you want to speech landed well and well received because you want to take away a message. Never forget that you are the leader. As a leader, you seek out. You're intentional. You talk to people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who are not like you. You receive feedback, and you test and tweak, and you test and tweak. And I think it takes a special mindset, because sometimes when we receive feedback, we're not in the mood. We don't want to receive feedback. Mm -hmm. We believe that this is the greatest speech, the greatest message. And sometimes you have just enough sufficient platform skills that you can skate through and you think this will go in here this will this model will work but if you don't don't have a mindset of openness you you see this is not working you're testing it you, you tweak you're testing you tweak and you never stop because models of your presentations go out of date they do new generation is coming mm -hmm. millennials are are the force to be reckoned with. They are. They think differently. They do. They look differently. They ask different questions. You test and you tweak. You test and you tweak. Never forget that you're the leader of your presentation, but you open up and you become vulnerable. I like that. That's some of the most powerful words and guidance I have heard in a long time about why leadership isn't about telling people what they ought to do as much as telling people how you feel 
and asking them to come along with you on the journey. And that's much more exciting because suddenly you have just made yourself vulnerable, but vulnerable in a way that you can benefit, maybe not 100% of the time, but most of the time. There's always going to be negative Nellies, right? Yes, negative Nellies. Yeah. Well, it's, like I said, you have brought us, brought us and the audience and me to a very important perspective. You ask yourself, as a leader, as a speaker, leader, you're the leader of your message, why? Why are you in this game? Why are you want to get up and talk your message? Why do you want to deliver this talk? You always have to have this at the forefront of your thinking. Why, why, why? Is that because you want to change someone's life? Is that because you have a message that needs to be heard? Mm-hmm. You want to bring forth an idea that will help people think differently? And I hear, maybe I hear all three. Why? You, it's a question you yeah. have to say, why are you doing this? I also know that success cannot be achieved alone. Absolutely. Even in that example that I told you, Amanda Palmer, she have recruited dozens, maybe hundreds of people. And there was an anecdotal evidence where she goes to a bar or some other social gathering and says, I want to tell you a story. Or she's flying on a plane to the TED Talk and to the passengers next to her, can I tell you a story? I'm practicing for TED Talk. You become, not obsessed, but like a like a rocket, like a sh- laser-focused fo- rocket with your message. You may not be able to sustain that intensity, but it's worth it. It is worth it. I agree with you. There's one more little thing that I wanted to ask you about. There's always a feeling of uncertainty that a speaker feels when they go into an area that may not be that often discussed. There are subject matters in the general speaking field that don't have the same kind of feel-good potential as others. Now, can you give me an example of how a person, let's say, who's listening to you talk about the practice of speaking up in spite of negative influences, how could you make it a feel-good experience for them so that they'd actually have a a hope that they could do the same thing? I I appreciate where you're coming from this, what the question is asking, because people are people. You have different perception of reality, and so do I. There are some topics that are hard to discuss, and there's a lot of negativity that comes when people listen, oh, why is he talking about speaking up or bullying or domestic abuse or violence? Or Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Yeah. There's many things that come to mind. To I want to make sure I address this question fully. It's a very important question. You have a responsibility to tell your message. Okay, that's you, one. You have to tell responsibility. Um, that's being true to yourself. You have to be true to yourself. At the same time, another very important perspective to keep in mind is that there is some levity, not levity, but also humor 
humor and entertainment value that can be uncovered, discovered, and brought forth. Not contrived, not created, but uncovered because it's there. It's a nuance. That's right. And what it is, some people are better at uncovering humor. Some people takes practice. I need practice. <laughs> That's right. Well, we all do. Yeah. We never stop. Even professional speakers sign up for improv classes. Oh. And just honing the craft. Yeah. Like, like, Dar- like Darren LaCroix's push. classes. Darren exactly. LaCroix. Yeah. Or even just something that they never done, but it's also in the business mm-hmm. of speaking, where you can just pick up quickly and go with it. And also but try... Peeling back layers. Sure. And I believe every situation, it doesn't matter how great and how uncomfortable, there is humor in it. And not humor just to break an uncomfortable setting or environment, but humor just for relief for yourself. Because we need to laugh. We have a capacity to laugh. And I think as a speaker, it's one of those promises that you have. As a skilled speaker, you can look in your message, you can look at the situation and the people have led to it, you can uncover humor. And that is the way to connect. Because Darren Croy said, after, the height of laughter uh-huh. is the height of listening. Cool. I like that. And you know what? As I think about that, that's true. So in other words, sometimes you've got to let a little pressure out. You've got to let a little pressure. Because otherwise, you. I've recently seen a meme on the internet saying that, don't take yourself too seriously. Because nobody else does. And I believe, you know what? It is such a... Mindless meme, but thank you. It came across my desk. Don't take yourself too seriously sometimes. What, what is your purpose of taking yourself too seriously? And when you just let go, live in the moment, mm-hmm. bring forth the gifts that are within you. Elizabeth Gilbert, famous American author. Yeah, you've who, talked about her before. She's I have. Amazing. I, I, she is master of, of penmanship, but in a way that... I encourage everyone to at least listen or read one of her chapters of books. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. I did not read it. I heard about it. Uh, Committed, and the, the book that I have read is Big Magic. Elizabeth Gilbert in Big Magic says, everyone, we all have treasures buried inside of us. It is up to us to uncover them, discover them, bring them to life. Everyone has a treasure inside of them. I love Elizabeth Gilbert's courage to give us permission to do that. I like that, too. I like that, too, a lot. Anything else that you want to offer? Well, I'm just, I'm just excited to share this information. I'm glad you did. And yeah. actually, I think it went much farther than we would have originally thought it would go because I think we peeled some layers back right here today that have had an impact upon me. And I certainly hope that the listeners have also begun to make some thought processes at work in their life to start discovering the, the wealth of, of benefits and, and gifts that they have. That's right. On a final note, I do want to share this. As a speaker, as someone who aspires to be at the height of their profession. Mm -hmm. It is never enough just to develop a formula and stay with it. I believe if you want to be at the highest functioning 
level of your own ability, go out and speak. And also, not just go out and speak, but seek out people who are doing what you're doing. And learn from them. Connect with them. Share with them. Tell them. Listen to them. And together, you have a chance to go even higher level. That's why um, Judy Carter, who wrote a book, The Message of You, in the very first chapter, or maybe second or third, she mentions get a speaking buddy. A speaking buddy who can help you, who can you can bounce off the ideas. Somebody who is going to be your conversation partner, somebody who is going to hold your hand and say, okay, this is great. Or somebody can say, with love, respect, and honesty, at the same time, going to take you where you need to be. You uh-huh. cannot be alone. You yeah. have to engage with the audience. This is a journey that's not to be walked by yourself. It is a journey that you walk hand-in-hand with people who are going in the same place, or at least done it. Just don't do it alone. And that's true for everybody that's listening. Yes. Great, great words, Mark. Thank you, John. Um, I hope to see you again next time, and everyone... This is John Morrow. And this is Mark Guy. So long. So long.